Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday, August 7th. I'm your host, Terry Aranga, here with my guests, Dr. Dan Rosignol and Shannon Kennan. Since 2006, Dr. Rosignol, currently of the Rosignol Medical Center, has had at least 23 publications and three book chapters concerning autism and related conditions. He is a fellow of the American Academy of Family Physicians and is the president of the Medical Academy of Pediatric Special Needs, or MAPS, which is having the MAPS Spectrum of Care Conference in Orlando, September 27th through 29th, with CME units available. Shannon Kennett is the Executive Director of the International Hyperbarics Association. Our topic today is MAPS, Mapping the Way Forward. Welcome, Dr. Rosignol and Shannon. Thanks, Terry. Well, Dr. Rosignol, we're here talking about the Medical Academy of Pediatric Special Needs, or MAPS. So what kinds of special needs are we talking about? How does this apply to a broad array of children, and why do you call it an academy? So we're talking about any type of uh, special needs that a child might have, and that can include things such as autism, Down syndrome, other genetic syndromes, cerebral palsy, even kids who have um, ADHD could be in that category. So kids that may need extra help at school or um, or are affected in some way by their disorder, that can impair their cognition or their speech or their attention or things of that nature. So we're looking to help um, children in, in, in those um, areas. Uh, the reason we picked the term academy was um, academy generally refers to things, uh, institution that's of higher learning or research. And what we're interested in with MAPS is higher learning, teaching other physicians um, evidence-based, evidence-based um, principles in medicine for uh, in, uh, for treating these children. And also we're very interested in doing research, trying to find other treatments that are available and use things that have been studied and proven, and uh, obviously trying to find um, new things that can be beneficial as well. Okay, so you're interested in establishing a standard of care, an evidence-based uh, research and publications. What we really want to focus on with MAPS is really um, go for, for things that are evidence-based, things that have been studied. Um, fortunately, nowadays, if you look at, for example, autism, there's so many studies coming out now, um, so many different treatments available that have been studied that you can start with those things first and try to use things that have been shown to help other children with autism, especially if they're in the same category, um, you know, like we, if there's a problem with speech in a child with autism, you try to add in things that have been proven and been shown to help with speech and focus on those things first and also do laboratory testing to identify abnormalities such as, um, you know, mitochondrial problems, thyroid problems, things that you can then treat uh, and focus on those first and then maybe move on to things that are a little bit less proven. Um, so we're still going to talk about things that maybe don't have a lot of studies behind them, but we're going to try to do things that have been well studied first because we're more likely to get a benefit by using those things. So I, I guess... The first thing that allows us to blaze forward is to establish that underneath an autism diagnosis or any other diagnostic label that there are legitimate underlying physiological conditions that are treatable. That's exactly right, Terry. So 
when you take, for example, um, autism, um, you know, many children with autism have trouble with their gastrointestinal tract. They might have trouble with their mitochondrial function. Uh, they may have seizures, things of that nature. So when we look at autism, it's just a behavioral diagnosis. So you look at the child, they have poor speech, they have trouble with social interaction, they may have repetitive behaviors, and based on that observation, you might say, okay, the child has autism. The question is, you know, what is causing the autism? So, for example, we find that some children will have seizures that will affect the speech area, and when you treat their seizures, their speech will improve. Or we'll find that some children will have hypothyroidism, their thyroid will be underactive, and you give them thyroid medication, they start speaking more or have better attention. So um, we also find that in children with ADHD, that if they have low iron, you identify that with a lab test, you give them iron, and oftentimes their attention will, will improve. So that's what we're trying to identify is can we see what physiological abnormalities are present, identify them, then treat them. Um, will we go on and use a stimulant in a child with autism? Sure, we might. But first we're going to see, okay, is there a thyroid problem, is there a low iron, and try to address those things and then use things that have been studied and been proven to be helpful. Well, that's wonderful. Then you're looking at the child as an individual rather than a diagnosis, a diagnostic label. And you mentioned metabolic issues, so let's take a look at some of the MAPS conference offerings and mix it up with some of the most recently published research. We know that Dr. Richard Fry will be talking about metabolic abnormalities, including laboratory testing. So, Dr. Rosignol, could you please tell us about the study that Dr. Fry just published in the North American Journal of Medicine and Science that was called Biomarkers of Abnormal Energy Metabolism in Children with Autism Spectrum Disorder, and tell us why it was important to do the study and what it found. You know, it's, it's a very interesting study, and you know, if you look back um, when I first got involved with treating kids with autism around 2006 or so, there wasn't much talk at all about mitochondrial problems. There weren't very many studies out there. There were only a few. And then um, last year, Dr. Fry and I did a um, systematic review together. Where we reviewed the world's literature looking at mitochondrial problems in autism. We published that, and we found that about a third of children with autism had abnormal lab tests that suggested there was something wrong with the mitochondria. And then Dr. Fry went forward, and he looked at children in his practice. So he had 133 children with autism, and he looked at biomarkers. He looked at lab tests that would try to determine whether or not there was a problem with the mitochondria. And, of course, mitochondria create energy for the body, so if they don't work well, then you may not have enough energy in the brain to speak, to have attention, things like that. And what he found was that about a third of children in his clinic who had autism also had markers that suggested there was something wrong with their mitochondria. The important thing with this is that this type of um, problem with the mitochondria is treatable. You can actually add things in that are fairly benign. Most of them are based on nutritional supplements that can actually be beneficial. So he showed that um, a fairly high percentage, about a third of kids, had these abnormal markers. And he also showed that several of the markers, including lactic acid, um, the alanine to lysine ratio, and the acylcarnitine profile, which you can do through, for example, LabCorp request, so these are standard labs, that they were pretty good markers of this mitochondrial dysfunction. So now we have lab tests that we can actually do that can start to identify which children have this mitochondrial problem, and we can start to target treatment for those children um, as opposed to just randomly giving everyone the same treatment. So if we can subgroup the children, find the groups that have the mitochondrial problems, we can start treating them with things that are beneficial. Okay, so something else that I think I've picked up in what you've been saying is you mentioned supplements, for example. You mentioned a variety of things, but you did mention supplements. So we're not just throwing supplements at autism, per se, but we are, um, we are addressing, again, real legitimate underlying physiological issues with targeted nutrition, targeted nutritional supplementation, and this is validated with lab tests, and then it just so happens to help that diagnostic label of autism. That's right, Terry. So we're really not treating autism. Um, you know, we're, autism is treated with behavioral therapy, you know, ABA therapy, for example. Um, we're treating the underlying abnormalities that might be contributing to autism in the first place, whether it's a mitochondrial problem, whether it's a thyroid issue, whether it's seizures, et cetera. And these underlying abnormalities may actually be what's causing the autism in the first place. And these are things that we can test for with labs, and these are things that we can then treat. And again, when we decide on a treatment, we'll try to use something that's been studied, as, you know, if, we, if we're able to. So, for example, it's now pretty well established that in children with ADHD, a ferritin less than 30, which is a marker of low iron, is associated with worsening attention. And if you give those children iron, 
their attention will dramatically improve. So rather than giving them a stimulant like Ritalin, we'll first look for iron problems and treat the iron if we find it. Now, you know, in a child who's refractory, who's we've done a lot of treatments and is not improving, yes, at some point we might move on, move on to a stimulant. But first, we're going to try to identify these things, um, these underlying abnormalities, and um, treat those first. And it's really important to find a MAPS physician because what is applicable to one child's condition might not be applicable to another child's condition. So that's right, Terry. So we want to um, treat what the child has. So this is where the laboratory testing can be so helpful. Rather than give every kid who comes into the practice iron, um, so, you know, iron can be constipating. Not every kid will need it. Let's test and see who actually needs it first. So any, any physician can do this. You know, it doesn't have to be a MAPS physician per se, but what we're focusing on MAPS is these um, special needs populations, trying to identify things that have been published and train doctors so that they can approach you know, each child this way. So um, there, one of the things we're going to do with MAPS is ensure that the training is at a level where physicians can identify these abnormalities and then treat them and focus uh, more on these things. And I'll bet that gives the physicians and the parents who visit them with their children a lot more confidence. That's right, Terry. And, you know, a lot of the, it's very rewarding, too, because each kid is a puzzle. So rather than say, okay, every kid with autism I see, I'm going to put them on, you know, supplement A, B, C, um, what we do is we test, we try to identify what the problems are, and then they might go on supplement D, J, and K because that's what the tests show. So it's very rewarding. It's very satisfying. It's really um, interesting medicine because every kid is, has a little bit different um, problems. It's, it's a different puzzle, and so you're trying to figure that out. And, of course, working with the family to, to see, you know, what, are the, what, what does the child need improvements in? What are the biggest issues? What else will clinicians hear from Dr. Fry at the MAPS conference in his several lectures? So Dr. Fry is going to be talking about mitochondrial dysfunction. He's going to talk about some of the new, newer research we've done in looking at antibodies to the folate receptor and cerebral folate deficiency. He's also going to talk, talk about seizures. These are things that have been discussed in a lot of other conferences. One of the things that he's going to talk about, which I felt has been neglected for quite some time, um, is neurotransmitters and the neurotransmitter abnormalities, especially in children with autism, including things like high glutamate, low acetylcholine, you know, changes in dopamine and serotonin. So those are areas that uh, maybe are things we haven't talked a lot about at previous conferences that I think can be particularly helpful to, to, to talk about and to talk about testing and treatment. And what does this mean, Shannon and Dr. Rosignol, what does this mean to parents looking for answers, and what does it mean for clinicians looking for what to look for? Well, I think coming from a, a parent standpoint, it's going to be the leading organization because when you look at, you know, even my situation 10 years ago with Grace and all the searching that I had to do to find physicians that could treat her symptoms and have them all be on the same page with her treatment, it just wasn't out there. And, you know, even now some of the organizations that are out there, um, they're not looking at it necessarily from a research-based you know, evidence-based um, medicine. And so the parents now are going to have that available to them. They're going to have physicians that are going through this training, that are being trained, that are being trained at a higher level of education. They have to take different testing in order to get to different places um, within their fellowship, and it's going to open up the doors for the new generation of parents that are being faced, you know, with having a special needs child. So it's going to be something that parents can turn to and um, their journey doesn't have to be such a struggle so much in the beginning. Oh, wonderful. And on that very hopeful note, we're going to take a break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and pick up with Shannon Kennett and Dr. Dan Rosignol when we come back. Thank you to our sponsors, OxyHealth and Superberries. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network.
the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Dr. Dan Rosignol of the Rosignol Medical Center and Shannon Kenneth, Executive Director of the International Hyperbarics Association. We're talking about MAPS the Medical Academy of Pediatric Special Needs, which is having the MAPS Spectrum of Care Conference in Orlando, September 27th through 29th, with CME units available. And let's give some website addresses. Uh, Dr. Rosignol, how can we find MAPS and how can we find you? And Shannon, how can we find IHA? So the website for MAPS is www.medmaps.org. Um, and my website is www.rosignol medical center. So it's R O S S I G N O L medical center, all one word, dot com. And you can reach me at um, the IHA website, which is www.ihausa.org, or you can go to um, the clinic website, which is www.californiahyperbarics with an S dot com or wisconsinhyperbarics.com. Okay. And, Shannon, uh, in the last segment, you were speaking, and let's pick up with how your daughter, Grace, is doing and maybe give a little bit of background about how she was doing. Um, Well, for those of the listeners that don't know about Grace, um, she does have a very rare mitochondrial disorder. Um, She got diagnosed with autism when she was a little bit later on when she was six. And um, she spent most of her first three years of her life in the hospital, seizures, um, failure to thrive, had a feeding tube, was blind, was unable to walk, um, talk. And um, that's kind of where our journey started. We, we found a therapy called hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Um, took us a long time to find that therapy because we didn't have physicians um, out there that were advocating for special needs like MAPS is going to be doing. Um, today, my daughter is now 13 years old and um, doing phenomenal. She has no longer blind. Her feeding tube is gone. She's no longer having seizures. She walks. She talks. Her cognition is getting much better day by day. Um, we do have our setbacks like every family does, and we've had you know some setbacks in the last couple months. But if we didn't have the doctors that we have in place right now, um, they would still be setbacks, and that's really what my message to parents is, is that, you know, the more physicians that we can get trained um, in this field where we're actually looking at it from a medical standpoint and we're treating our children's symptoms, then the better that our children are going to be able to be cognitively and just in life in general. And so that's why MAPS is such an important organization for me to support is because I just remember 10 years ago when I didn't have that and had MAPS been in place, I would have heard about these therapies earlier on and not when Grace was older. So it, it definitely is an organization that I support not only, you know, for myself, but on behalf of, you know, Grace and children like Grace. Right. So it's especially poignant for you. I can't believe I've known you that long, Shannon. I, right. I've known you from, uh, you know, I remember when Grace took her, you know, first steps. I know. It, it's, it's just those years seem... Sometimes it's like they're at a standstill, and other times when I look back, and I'm like, wow, we were actually there, and now we're here. Um, you know, because back then, you know, the most that I thought I was going to get was, you know, maybe I could get the feeding tube removed. I never imagined that I would get her sight back or that she would walk, um, and I only dreamed that she would 
really understand that I was her mom, you know, and that she was loved and that, you know, she was this, you know, is this remarkable, you know, young child that has just beaten all the odds. And so it's been a, you know, filled with heartache, but I would say more joys and triumphs um, in our family, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. So that that is definitely a hopeful message for everybody. And doctors, Fry and Rosignol's study, I imagine in particular, um, would make you just feel great, not only on Grace's behalf, but on behalf of other kids because they address things that um, relate to her. They do, and it, and what's been so amazing about it is that you know, another message that to the parents that are listening is that you can take this information now and you can take the research that Dr. Rosano and Dr. Fry have done and take it to your mainstream, you know, physicians because that's what I've done now and, I, and I've shown the doctors in my area and my community, listen, you need to be a part of this because we need to have physicians and practitioners all over the country in every city. And, you know, back 10 years ago, the struggle that I had, especially with hyperbarics, was that, you know, it was all anecdotal, and, and the doctors kept saying, we want evidence-based medicine. Well, guess what? We have that now, and so I encourage families to, you know, go to the doctors that, that are helping them on a daily basis where they, you know, maybe take their kids and when they have a cold or this or that and let them know about MAPS and let them know that there is this organization out there where they can get CME credits, where they can get trained by the leading, you know, specialists in the world that are doing this on a daily basis. So, it, it is, it's going to be one of those amazing things that five years down the road, we're going to look back and it's just going to be, MAPS is going to be standard of care for parents with special needs kids. Mm-hmm. And another uh, current topic of interest, Dr. Rosignol, especially because of the Leroy New York children, PANDAS, or Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorders Associated with Streptococcal Infection, and PANS, or Pediatric Acute Onset Neuropsychiatric Syndromes, have been especially sought-after topics, and you're covering that at MAPS. What will Dr. Nancy O'Hara be sharing? So, um, yes, we'll be covering that at, at MAPS, and uh, uh, she's going to be talking about, um, you know, proper diagnosis through testing, um, particular treatments, things of that nature, because there's a lot of confusion about uh, the workup, about the treatment, how long you do it for, how do you prevent it from reoccurring, things of that nature. So a lot of kids who have these, this condition uh, will have an acute onset of, um, things like obsessive behavior, sometimes ticks, things of that nature. And um, there's a short-term treatment that can sometimes, um, you know, get things going in better shape. But then we also focus on longer-term treatments to try to prevent it as well. So she's going to be, she's gonna be focusing on that, um, both the workup and the management and the treatment. So. Okay. And a question was also sent to me about whether MAPS would be including the diet nutrition piece. The MAPS website, again, www.medmaps.org, says that registered dietitian Dana Lake will be talking about the appropriate testing and workup for nutritional abnormalities found in autism and other neurodevelopmental disorders. So how much priority does MAPS put on this piece, and what will Dana be covering? So as we know, a lot of children with both autism and ADHD do, do tend to respond to certain diet restrictions. Uh, for example, it's pretty well established now that children who have ADHD oftentimes will have an increase in hyperactivity or inattention if they eat food that has coloring, preservatives, artificial flavorings, dyes, things like that in it. Um, so she's going to, uh, Dana Lake is going to be covering um, overview of different types of diet, including um, you know restricting uh, things such as uh, gluten and casein specific carbohydrate diet. Um, she'll get into ketogenic diets, some of the other more specialized diet for things like seizures, et cetera. So we know that the diet is extremely important um, in, these, uh, in the kids. And so she's going to do an overview in, the, in Module 1, um, which is more of the beginner uh, side of things. In the advanced one, she's going to go into more uh, advanced nutritional assessment. And we're also going to have a separate um, uh, talk just on nutritional supplements as well that will be given by Dr. O'Hara. Um, so we're trying to focus... Um, specifically on the diet and the nutritional supplements. And we're also going to, of course, have diet and nutritional supplements woven through the entire uh, conference as well. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. Okay, so Dana Lake's talking about uh, the diet piece, and Dr. Nancy O'Hara is talking about the supplementation piece. Okay. And you mentioned modules one and two. Now, is this conference a module two conference, or is it both? It's going to be module one and two. So. People that took Module 1 at the last conference will move on to the Module 2 
and then of course new people will take module one. Um, and what we're doing with maps is we're trying to uh, establish a certain level of competency. Um, so um, people who want to be in, doctors who want to be involved in maps or other medical professionals, uh, you know, will have to take module one and two. They'll be testing. There'll also be some mentoring that they'll have to do in order to become a fellow. So people that um, or physicians and other um, medical practitioners who meet the proper criteria will eventually become a fellow, which means they've been trained in a, to a certain level. So parents who see a fellow of MAPS will know, okay, they've had, you know, they've been to um, both conferences, they've had a mentoring with another physician or, or a provider, they've uh, taken some, a test, et cetera, and then we're going to have up ongoing uh, continuing medical education that will be required in order to maintain the fellowship. So it's not like, hi, I went to a lecture. And, and right, exactly. We're trying to avoid that situation where people show up for a lecture and then all of a sudden they're out there treating these kids. Now, certainly people may still do that, but not under the auspices of MAPS, of course. Right, and there's accountability, too, I think, if I'm correct, that parents can who have been treated by a MAPS physician can give input to the organization. Yeah, and parents will be able to give feedback, of course, which we'll um, review and then, you know, physicians really and other medical providers really want this as well. They want to be properly trained. They want to be mentored. They want to, you know, um, be tested. They want to, you know, be taught things properly. So, um, you know, a lot of physicians have been looking for this anyway, and they'll be better trained, um, et cetera. So both physicians and, and the medical community, I think the physicians who treat children who have special needs want this type of training. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's begin to get into what Dr. Dan Rosignol will be talking about at MAPS. One of your lectures is Research Update and Emerging Treatments. What kinds of studies and interventions do you think parents and clinicians would be most excited to know about? Well, what I'm going to do with that lecture is um, present newer research that's been published recently. Uh, for example, um, the studies that came out on propranolol showing improvement in speech pathways in children's autism, so there's two double-line studies published recently on that. Um, talk about the new study that came on, uh, out on celecoxib, which is Celebrex, showing compared to placebo in some children's autism, there's improvements in certain autistic behaviors. Um, the newer study that just came out recently on uh, N-acetylcysteine, or NAC, showing improvements in irritability. So we'll be reviewing um, uh, new studies that maybe other docs haven't heard about because they are come out in the last six months to, to a year. So what we'll do with each MAPS conference is update the, the literature review for the previous six months of new findings, new things that came out. And we'll also talk about new um, pathological findings. For example, Dr. Jill James said it just came out showing low glutathione levels in uh, the speech areas in the brain and children with autism. Um, we'll talk about some of the new brain imaging studies, things of that nature, so that physicians don't have to sit there and try to um, look at all the new studies that come out, um, because there's probably you know, several hundred studies a month, if not more, that come out on autism and ADHD uh, every month that are relevant. So we're going to review those things and put it together in a synopsis so that physicians can have the, the latest up-to-date uh, research that's available and then decide what they're going to implement in their practice. Do you read all of them, Dr. Rosignol? <laughs> um, I don't read all the articles, but I do um, look at PubMed at least a couple times a week and see what's <laughs> been published, and I track down the articles, and I read the ones I think are most pertinent. So obviously there's articles that come out on topics that I don't think are really things I need to focus on as much, like, you know, therapy or something of that nature, which I still might look at them, but I'm really going to focus on, you know, some of the things we've talked about, like mitochondrial problems and metabolic and other things that we can, you know, then use that might be helpful for either testing or, or treatment. Uh, and then I put it into a database, um, track down the article, and then it's stored in a database under a certain topic so I can look it up quickly later because I can't remember everything that's out there. So I put it in a database, which helps me, you know, so. Yeah, it seems like uh, over time you've ad adopted a pretty diligent methodological approach. Yeah, so, you know, the article comes out. It might be an article on gastrointestinal problems and autism. You stick it in the GI file on autism, and then a year from now you forgot about it, and you're looking through your little file and say, oh, yeah, I forgot about that study. So, you know, you can't remember everything. And so um, one of the things we're doing with MAPS is trying to build up that curriculum, build up those studies, build up the reference list, so that physicians can say, hey, I want to look at all the studies that have been published in gastrointestinal problems and autism. You can say, okay, here's a list of 80 studies, and if you want the PDF copy of the actual study, let me know, and you can actually look it up and read it. So physicians who are particularly interested in a topic can go right to the archive and see, okay, there's these studies in GI and autism, and I'll look at those. Well, that's going to be a wonderful resource.
So we will pick up talking about MAPS when we come back from the break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Dr. Dan Rosignol and Shannon Kenneth. Thank you to this program's sponsors, OxyHealth and Superberries. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for new reflections featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic, from skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for new reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Dr. Dan Rosignol and Shannon Kennett. Dr. Dan Rosignol uh, has the Rosignol Medical Center, and we have some exciting news coming up. And Shannon Kennett is the executive director of the International Hyperbarics Association. I'm going to give everybody all the website addresses right now, and then we'll recap those at the end of the show. Uh, the Medical Academy of Pediatric Special Needs, or MAPS, is at www.medmaps.org. That's the Medical Academy of Pediatric Special Needs. And the International Hyperbarics Association can be found at www.ihausa.org. The California Integrative Hyperbaric Center is at California Hyperbarics plural.com, and then the Wisconsin branch is at wisconsinhyperbarics.com, and the Rosignol Medical Center is at www.rosignolmedicalcenter.com. So, Shannon and Dr. Rosignol, welcome back, and how do, who can, and how do they sign up for the MAPS conference? So, um, interested, you know, uh, uh, Medical professionals, physicians, uh, naturopaths, et cetera, can go to the website, the medmaps1.org that you mentioned, and there's a sign-up uh, form there um, where they can register for the conference, um, get more information about it. There's actually a phone number there where they can talk to uh, Sandy, who's the coordinator, to get more information. Okay. How do parents tap into this information? So... Um, Oftentimes, we're um, going to be, um, when we do these conferences, we're going to probably hook up with one of the parent organizations and have a, a parent conference associated with it. Um, parents certainly um, and other interested people can certainly come to the conference. Um, obviously, we're focused mainly on medical providers, and we're focused on, um, you know, people who are going to go on and do a fellowship. So, um, you know, a parent or non-medical professional, obviously, is not going to go on and become a fellow and start treating patients and things of that nature. So, um, But there is a way for people who are interested, who want to sit in the lectures, can certainly come and be an observer, essentially. All right. And we mentioned various lectures that are going to be at the MAPS conference. We talked about uh, Dr. Fry. We talked about you, Dr. Rosignol, Dana Lake, uh, Dr. Nancy O'Hara, are there any other lectures about which you are particularly excited, Dr. Rosignol or Shannon, that you'd like to tell listeners about now? Well, Terry, I really like to listen to Martha Herbert because I think she does such a good job putting things together from a kind of a you know helicopter view on autism and the paradigm shift that's occurred over time. Um, so she's going to be speaking at uh, MAPS. Um, we have Dr. Eldar, 
who's going to be speaking on immunological problems, and she's always really fantastic about explaining things that are really difficult sometimes to understand from an immunological standpoint. Um, we also have Dr. Craigman who's going to be talking about gastrointestinal problems in autism in both the um, Module 1 and Module 2. Of course, you mentioned Dr. Fry. The goal with the MAPS is to have a mixture of academic uh, physicians who are um, maybe giving some of the background research and uh, more in-depth things, uh, and then clinicians who are actually practicing in the field who then give interpretations. So we're going to have Dr. Mumper, Dr. O'Hara. We also have Dr. Berger. Um, we have Dr. Friedenfeld, um, Dr. Bradstreet. All will be, you know, how do you integrate this into practice? How do you take this this research that is being done at academic institutions, how do you then incorporate that into your practice in a day-to-day fashion? Um, so we're going to have a, a good mixture, I think, of both academic and also practical uh, you know, advice and, and uh, evidence to implement. Lots of distinguished folks will be there. Um, how exciting, and here's some additional exciting news. I understand that you're moving the bulk of your own practice to California. That's right. Um, you know, my wife and I decided that uh, for our kids, um, you know, they both have autism, um, that it would be better served for them to be in California. We have other reasons we wanted to move as well. Um, so my practice will be relocating there. That'll be my primary place. But I'm going to still come back to Florida uh, every couple months or so for at least a week, maybe do more depending on, um, you know, how much uh, people want to see me. And so uh, I have a lot of patients on the East Coast that I want to try to accommodate as best I can. Uh, so come back, see them in person. Um, obviously, they certainly can fly out to California. And, you know, we have patients that are located throughout various locations in the U.S. that can come to either location. Uh, but most of the time I'll be spending in California. All right. And, Shannon, what for you is the best part of this news? How cool is it to have Dr. Rosignol at a place of grace? It's really cool. It's been definitely a, a long time coming, and, you know, I'm obviously biased because he's Grace's physician, but I just think that it's going to be an incredible opportunity for the families in California that can't necessarily travel to, to Florida with their kiddos, that they're going to have the opportunity to um, have their child seen by Dr. Rosinal. That's what they choose to do, and it's just, it's been amazing. I mean, both clinics have wonderful physicians. We have Dr. Van Dyke at the Wisconsin Clinic, and we you know, have Dr. Rosignol and Dr. Barrett and even Dr. Bradstreet still does rounds at the California Clinic. So it's it's kind of like a, my, you know, the clinics have always been a dream of mine to, to bring the best, you know, clinicians and, you know, the best educators to the clinic so parents don't have to do so much running around and trying to figure out what to do with their kids. So it's just another one of those um, you know, goals I can check off my, my bucket list per se and say that, you know, here we are, and now we have, you know, Dr. Rosamo at the clinic, and it's going to make such a, you know, huge difference. You know, it's always been, you know, my journey to have um, as many docs, you know, as I can at the clinics, especially doctors like Dr. Rosignol. Dr. Rosignol, did you ever imagine that you were going to be part of a bucket list? Uh, not that I know <laughs> of. That's <laughs> funny. Well, if listeners have never been to one of the clinics, such as the California Integrative Hyperbaric Center. It's in Irvine, California. It's a very friendly uh, atmosphere. There's a playroom and a uh, a large room with a kitchen and uh, a comfortable seating area, sitting area where, uh, and in, for example, uh, an IV line can comfortably be set up with just the most marvelous nurse uh, to help with that and uh, Nurse Shannon, and uh, a seating area to eat, and there's a suit therapy room, and the uh, hyperbaric chambers, and the the doctor's offices. It's a a clean and light and bright uh, atmosphere, and uh, uh, parent and child friendly, if you have never been there. And again, that website is www.californiahyperbarics.com. Uh, plural.com. So, Shannon, I, I think that you probably already alluded to this, but what's your very favorite aspect of MAPS? Um, I'd say with MAPS, it's just the fact that they're bringing, like Dr. Rosenthal said, not only clinicians, but academia to the table, and it's going to allow us parents to take it back to 
you know, our general care providers, um, you know, such like Dr. Yaffe and Dr. Dominsky's of the world, which are Grace's pediatricians and GI doctors and neurologists, and say, listen, you know, this is what's happening. And, you know, I kind of feel like the parent, us parents that are going through this now, it's our, it is somewhat our responsibility to help pave the way for the next generation of parents. And I certainly don't want any parent to have to go through the struggles that, you know, we went through as a family trying to get to this point in our journey. Um, and so I think that that's the best part of MAPS is that, you know, now we have, and I don't like to use the word legitimate, but we have a place where they're actually taking evidence-based medicine and they're putting it to use. And we all know that, you know, in our country, that's what they look for, the golden standard. If you're doing double-blind placebo-controlled studies, if you're studying it, as much as we all believe and we know anecdotal, um, the basis of everything is, is science and evidence-based medicine. And this organization is doing that. And they've put that at the top of their list because they have seen the struggles that the families have had to go through when it has just been anecdotal. And um, so seeing the research being done and proving that these therapies work it brings more um, credibility to us parents when we're out there fighting for these therapies for our kids. So I, you know, I commend all of these physicians that are part of MAPS, and it, you know, it, it truly, truly touches my heart to know that they've taken on this initiative because I'm sure it is a big one. I, I can't imagine putting this organization together, getting all these doctors in the same place at the same time, and focusing on the evidence-based medicine. Mm-hmm. So we've we've talked a lot on this show and elsewhere about how now, more than ever, there's the best hope for the brightest future for kids with autism. And I know that a lot of parents felt like there was a lull in advances, but from what you're saying, Shannon and Dr. Rosignol, it seems like we really, really mean it this time. Oh, I, I definitely think we mean it this time. I don't think that as a parent in, in the next, you know, you're taking this information to your doctors, your general doctors, that you're going to be laughed at anymore. I think that when you walk in their offices and you show them, you know, this information and it's evidence-based, they're going to listen to you. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, physicians are practicing medicine. That, that's what a doctor is. They're practicing medicine. And when you bring them something to the table that's evidence-based, they're not, it's not going to be so easy to laugh it off. And that means that we're going to have a huge grassroots effort from parents in this country to, you know, push the MAPS movement forward so that doctors in every area, in every little town, in every big city, you know, can learn about the different things out there that are actually helping our kids because the numbers, everybody knows them, and it's, it's not seeming like it's getting any better. And kids like Grace, who weren't supposed to live past the age of two, who's now 13, you know, who continues to need care and who continues to need these physicians that are looking for things through evidence-based medicine. And so, um, and so yeah, I do feel that, um, that this is, you know, this is for real this time and this is, it's here to stay and that parents can be very proud of this organization and it's going to be an organization that um, parents across the country are going to support because of what it's going to do for our children. And what kinds of improvements have you seen every day over at California Integrative Hyperbaric Center and Wisconsin Integrative Hyperbaric Center? Wow, that, that's an that's a emotionally loaded question because the clinics have just been, it's been really a humbling experience, at the same time a very rewarding one in the sense that I know what hyperbarics did for Grace. I lived it, I saw it, and I wanted to do something to help other families, but I don't think I ever really imagined the impact that grace the story and that my fight was going to make at other families. There's actually a family that just came to the Wisconsin clinic, and they came actually all the way from Florida because they wanted to be in the clinic where grace was. Their daughter has a mitochondrial disorder. They wanted to meet grace. They wanted to see that she was real. And when you see these, when you meet, when I meet these families and I hear their stories and I hear how you know, they planning on giving up hope, then they heard about Grace and they heard about our story. They started looking in different biomedical things. They started doing different therapies. They started hyperbarics. And now they can come to me and they say to me that, you know, my daughter now says mama and knows what that means. I know from a personal experience what, what that truly means. And to hear other families having that same experience and, 
having that same ability to have a family and to put their family back together. No words can ever express what that feeling is. I mean, we see it every single day. And I don't, you know, people say it's a miracle. I think what the miracle is is that parents have this drive within them to push forward. But I don't think there's anything miraculous about the therapies, it's like hyperbarics. It's science. It's proven. We know that it decreases inflammation. We know that we're going to get cells into the oxygen into the cells on a cellular level. And so it's not a miracle. It, it is actually science. It's we're fixing, you know, our children's symptoms. And the miracle of all this is that people have come together to know that there are things out there that, and, you know, my favorite line, you know, if you have hope, anything is possible. And that's what the clinics are about. And when I hear you talk about the clinic and you describe it, I, tears came to my eyes because I know that I did my job because I wanted it to be exactly what you said. I wanted it to be a clinic where families could come. We have a kitchen where they can learn how to cook. It's overwhelming when somebody tells you you have to change your whole lifestyle and not just for your child, but you really usually end up doing it for your whole family. And, um, you know, the clinics are there and designed so that when a mom or dad or a grandparent walks in with their child that, you know, they feel like they're at home, that we're a place away from home, that we all come together, we all understand, and we move forward and we hold each other's hands and we get each other through it. So I couldn't have given the center a bigger plug than what you did because that's exactly the way I wanted it to be. Oh, well, Shannon, you you just put things so well and and uh you've done such such a good job and for Grace and for so many other children. Uh and Dr. Rosignall, how do you feel about what Shannon said and do you have any remarks you'd like to add? Well, you know, um yeah, I echo everything she says. I mean I have two children with autism who have responded, you know, well with hyperbaric oxygen treatment so um, it's something that has been a research interest of mine because of that. Um, and, you know, to see patients improve every day, of course, you know, we all have patients that were that are tough and you don't always see as much improvement as you want. But um, to have kids who have been, the parents have been told that there's no hope that, you know, you need, you need to put them in an institution, which was what we were told for our older child, and then to see them improve with, you know, hyperbaric oxygen, but even other things that we do is is, is it does it does change your whole perspective and thing. For me, it changed my whole outlook on medicine um, and changed the way I approach medical problems now. As opposed to, I'm looking for a med just to treat the symptom. We're looking for, you know, is there something we can identify that's causing the problem in the first place? So, um, it's changed my life, my wife's life. Um, you know, we really feel that God has given us two kids with autism so that we can help other people who may be affected like we have been. And so that's our goal in life now is to help other people who have kids with autism or other, you know, developmental problems. And that's um, why I was so interested in getting involved with MAPS as well as to, you know, I certainly can see patients, um, but I can't see everybody. And we want to train as many doctors as we can to help as many kids as we can. And that's well, really what uh, life is all about, just helping other people that are affected like you are. Yes. And and hats off to you, Dr. Rosignol, for for being open, for being so open and, and looking at what was really before you in order to help other people. So, you know, we all have our um, things in life we have, to, we have to deal with and bear, but um, we really feel like um, our kids with autism were given to us as a gift to really change our entire career pathway to bring us into, you know, something that I never thought I'd ever do. I didn't know anything about autism, and now I'm able to, you know, as best I can, help other people that have kids just like mine. You know, on that line, Terry, I remember, you know, years ago I um, got invited to go to San Diego and to to have lunch with Dr. Rimland, and and he had heard about Grace's story, and I told him what my vision was and what I was trying to do, and I showed him, I opened up the floor plans, and, you know, and it was funny, we were sitting there at the fried green tomato restaurant, and and he took the floor plans and he kind of did a little bit of resketching and he said, you need to make the kitchen a little bit bigger. And, you you know, so he had the same vision. You know, it was like having a, you know, a place where people can come together to learn. Um, and that was what he was all about, was, was putting people into situations where they, they work together, or that parents bonded together so that, 
you know, if one parent learned one thing, they could teach another parent. If a practitioner learned one thing, they could teach another parent. So, mm-hmm. you know, the clinics truly are a vision of so many people and 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 so many families. And and I'm honored, you know, to have Dr. Rosinal, you know, and the doctors that I have at my clinic, and and feel very very blessed and fortunate in that. Well, Shannon, you've done an excellent job, and hats off to you for not giving up on grace when doctors, other unenlightened doctors, told you not to pull the plug. Uh, excuse me, told you to pull the plug. Thank you for not doing that and uh, for hanging in there for your daughter and helping so many other children and uh, now uh, facilitating this group of enlightened doctors. Yeah, this is it's exciting. Maps is it's very very exciting. Families are very fortunate and um, blessed to have this come in at this point in time. And and like I said, it it you know I haven't been this excited about an organization in a long time um, because I see the potential and I see where they're going and their goals. And I know from what I've done over the last ten years that that is the key. What they're doing in, in regards to the training and the academia. And, you know, putting evidence-based medicine first so that, you know, eventually these therapies can get covered by insurance, you know, and we're stronger in numbers and they seem to have, you know, the right vision and the right goal and they definitely have my support. So I will do whatever I can do to, to, to push MAPS forward. Well, I want to thank you both, Dr. Rosignol and Shannon, for continuing through the years to blaze the way forward to give children hope and possibilities. Thank you to you both. Thank you for having us, Terry. Yes, thank you, Terry. And to our listeners, please remember to visit the websites www.medmaps.org for the Medical Academy of Pediatric Special Needs, www.ihausa.org for the International Hyperbaric Association, www.rossignol.org. MedicalCenter.com, Rosignol Medical Center, and CaliforniaHyperbarics.com and WisconsinHyperbarics.com. We want to also thank this program's sponsors, OxyHealth and Superberries, and to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.